Today's Gemara and Pizza Daf Yudalit, all the learning for this month, the month of Tishrei. As we approach Yom Kippur, the Yom HaKadosh has been generously sponsored. As a tremendous chos for Shlema, for Shlema ben Yitah, Mirza Shem, you should have a complete recovery. As well, the rest of our Chalim Shmuel Yosef and Yafreda, and Manny Vega Chaim and Sarah Shalom Zimon Reza Zarbas Kanendi to Basim as Chayser Yisolim Mindel. Eli has a present of Yishalei Shalom as Nami Bar Shavikir Shirchan Shmuel Ben Tila Dinim Chan Reza. Mikol Chaim Basmin Libra Dinay No Basim Mindes Viv Vegur Nechalei Shunu Zeluur Ifko Bas Basham Tel Zimon Nechalaster. Beisari Shar Chali Yisrael as well as Chashirik Yisrael Chaim and Devira and Shir Miriam Abbas Reza Gittel. We're holding on the bottom of Yigimol Med Beis the two dots five lines from the bottom. In Mirza Shem, we're going to try to get up. The Shirim around Yom Kippur time a little bit early. Again, for all those who like to prepare and not to have to wait till after Yom Kippur and be behind, especially with Shabbos and then Sukkot, we're going to try to immerse Hashem, have everything up a little bit earlier. Says the Gemara, five lines from the bottom, you give them a piece. Ketzad Moilil. We had this discussion yesterday, a little bit of a fascinating discussion about Moilil Malilois, rubbing, rubbing, not rubbing, rubbing the ears of grain. And we, we explained that very primitively what's going on over here is you have an ear of grain. You you have a stalk of wheat, and the way that we have a pod, uh, a mustard seed, and the way to get to the inside is you rub the outside, and you we kept it going like this, that you rub the outside, and you get the seeds from the in- inside. But today the Gemara asks, what exactly is the process of Milo, of rubbing the ears, not your ears, bad joke, the ears of grain. You do it one finger against one finger, that's how you rub these ears of grain. One finger on, two fingers. Rav Amar says, once you're employing a shino, he says, Rabba, what's the shino that you're doing with one hand? Says, Rabba, you can even use all your fingers to rub it. You don't have to do one finger, two fingers, you can do the whole hand. That was part number one, part number two, was we said that after you rub them, what happens? You have the kernels, you have the chaff, you have to somehow separate it. Of course, in the Mishkan, this is the process of Zairat, of winnowing, you would throw it in the air and the wind would take away all the chaff and everything would be great, which of course is forbidden biblically on Shabbos. But we said on Yantif, what are you allowed to do? We said you're allowed to do something with your hand. So now the Gemara asks, What is this process of fanning that you're able to get rid of the chaff from the kernels? On the last line, You know what the process is? Turning over to You fan from the knuckles and upwards with your, with your fingers, but not with your palm. The top Rashi says, They laugh, they smile, they ridicule this in the West. Why? Like we saw a moment ago, Once you're doing a shino, you can do what you want. Because what's the reason a shino? Because normally you throw it from hand to hand. So you should be able to do however you want it. What's menafeh? Menafeh be'ad ha'achas v'kol koychay. Allowed to use one hand, you're allowed to fan it as much as you want, v'kol koychay with all your strength. And that is the process of ma'ilam alilais. That is the process of menafeh to get rid of the 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 husks from the shells from the grain from the part that you eat. Says the Gemara. Now we're going to continue our quest in the malachas of Yantif. This is a tremendous uh, framework leading us into the Yom Tovim. What other malachas are you allowed to do in Yantif? Says the Mishnah. Spices. Are you allowed to crush spices? Which generally is the malach of teichan of grinding. It says Beishama, you allowed to grind them. Need teichan be You allowed to use a wooden pestle. Vahamelach when you're grinding salt be pach. You allowed to use a earthenware vessel. Ubeita parur or with a wooden mixing spoon. Beisil oimrim. What does Beisil say? Tavle need teichan kidarkin. Spices do what you want. Be madur shalavi and even with a stone grinder. Of course, it's the mortar and the pestle. The grinder. 
binding guys says they still you allowed to do what you want in the spices. But Hamelchan sold the mother shalates with wooden, uh, wooden uh, grinder, wooden pestle. So again, without getting too detailed, what exactly these items are, one thing is clear: both Beisham and Beisil agree that when it comes to salt, you need more of a shinoi. As you see clearly in the words of Beisil, that they said spices do what you want, but salt no, salt you still need a shinoi. Whereas Beisham said by spices you need a small shinoi, and by salt you need a large shinoi. Says the Gemara, holding in on that point that we just said, the Kulei Alma, everyone agrees, salt requires a shinoi, a deviation from the norm when you crush it on Yantiv, my time, asked the Gemara. Before we continue, I have to point out what type of salt we're talking about, salt that's mined in the current state. We're not talking about salt. That started off large, you ground it down to something small, and now it's large again, because that would be a process of grinding after grinding, which is allowed. Here we're discussing salt that was mined in the current state, and now you want to crush it down. So says the Gemara, why is salt more problematic? That salt requires a larger shina, a larger deviation, than when it comes to the spices. Ravuna, Rav Chista, we have a debate, we don't know who is who, but we have two opinions. Chadamor one says, Every dish needs salt, and therefore what? The Gemara doesn't speak out. But therefore, you should have done it before Yantif. And the fact that you didn't, therefore, you need a Shini on Yantif. However, not all dishes need spices. So there was not necessarily something you should have done. And therefore, you'll have to grind it more on Yantif. That is one opinion. Another opinion says, Spices lose their taste over time. And therefore, there's a reason you don't want to grind the spices before Yantif. So on Yantif, we're more liberal, we're more lenient, allowing you to grind those spices. But salt doesn't lose its taste at all. So why didn't you do before Yantif? So therefore, we require you to do more of a shinoi on Yantif. And of course, in classical Gemara sense, asks the Gemara, what is the practical ramification between these two opinions? Opinions of Rav Huna and Rav Chista, whether the reason is that salt doesn't lose its taste, or whether the reason is that all dishes need salt. Ikebeinayu explains the Gemara. The Yada Ma Case number one is when you know what dish you're going to make. So if you know what dish you're going to make. So now, according to the second answer, that spices lose their taste, you still had no reason to do it before Yantif, even though you knew you were going to need it, but it loses its taste. But according to the first answer, since you knew you are going to need it, now you should have done it beforehand, and if you didn't, you're going to have to have more of a shinoi. Inami, Tarsus number two, Bimariko with saffron. Saffron is similar to salt that does not lose its taste, and therefore, if you did not do that, you should have done it because you knew it wasn't going to lose its taste. So that's the Machlekes, Rav Huna, Rav Chista, why salt were more stringent and require more of a either because you should have known you're going to need it, or the reason is that it doesn't lose its taste, which both of these are very important reasons, but very important details, which we're going to develop more today and tomorrow, which is going to start teaching us about the halachas of cooking and yantif, the fact that if you could have done it before and you should, the fact is, if it's going to lose its taste, you don't have to, and let's see more of this right now. Omar Rav Yudam Rashmol says Rav Yudam Rashmol, a third opinion. We had Beishami and Beisil in the Mishnah with regard to spices versus salt crushing. Says Rav Everything carte blanche, you have a hetter to grind as much as you want to your heart's content in Yantif. Asks the Gemara one second. But we said that salt requires a shinoi. How can you tell me that Rav Yudam holds that salt does not need a shinoi? Answers the Gemara. It's like a different Mishnah. It's true. In our Mishnah, everyone agreed that salt needs a deviation. But says Rav Yudam I have a different Mishnah. What's the Mishnah? We learned in our Bray, Samara, Meir, Loi, 
not disagree that when it comes to grinding, you could grind it the normal way. And you're once you're grinding spices, you're allowed to also grind salt with it. So that is not a point of debate. That if you're grinding, you could throw the salt in free, no problem. The machlekes is, are you allowed to grind salt by itself? There's a new take on the machlekes beisham beisilel, the understanding of Rameir, which is whom Rabbi Yudam Rishmol is going with. Says the Gemara Shabishami, Aymer Mishishami says, Melch Lepach Beitabar Litzli. Says Bishamai. When you grind up salt, you have to use an earthenware flask, or you have to use a wooden spoon. Litzli, when you do it for roasting, you're not allowed to grind up salt for cooking. Why not? Because it needs a large quantity of salt to kosher the meat, and that is not going to be allowed. Yet, Basil comes along and he says, Basil, I remember, you're allowed to grind salt as much as you want. Literally, with anything. You tell me you could grind salt with anything? One second. There's certainly certain things which are most so why are you telling me you can use anything? Why you could go to your street and get a rock and grind up salt with it? That's not allowed. It's muksa. Ela what did Basil mean? You could grind up salt for any reasons for your pot, for your cooking, for your cash ring. There are no limitations of grinding up salt. And therefore says the Gemara, this is who Rabbi Yudam Rishmol is going to hold like. He's gonna, not going to explain our Mishnah like the way we started off explaining that everyone agrees that salt requires a deviation. He's going to explain slightly differently. He's going to explain that according to Basil, salt could do as much as you want. Says the Gemara, Amar Lei, Rav Acha Bardola Libre. Rav Acha Bardola says to his son, Kidaychis, when you crush up salt and yantif, etzli etzluye vidach. You use the mortar on the side, use it not in the normal way, use it on the side, and then crush, do a shinui like that. Rav Sheshesh heard the sound of a pestle of grinding on Yantif Amar. He said, This is for sure not my house. That grinding is not in my house. Says the Gemara. Why did, Bisham, why did Rav Shishan say that? Because he told them you're not allowed to grind normally. He heard them grinding normally, so he said, it's not my house. Asked the Gemara, Rav Shishan, you have such supersonic hearing. Maybe they put it on the side and they did it with a shinoi. But the fact that you heard them grinding, why are you so convinced they did it in the normal manner? Answers the Gemara. He heard it's a clear sound. He heard that they were grinding normally. Asked the Gemara further. How do you know they were grinding salt? You heard them grinding. Maybe they're chopping up spices. Answers the Gemara. Fascinating. When you ground up spices, the different sound is a louder sound than salt. The different Rav was able to discern by the sound itself. Fascinating that they were grinding up salt in a normal manner. Therefore, he knew it wasn't his house. Tanu Rabbanon says the Gemara. Let's continue our theme. The Mishnahs discuss grinding Spices, grinding, salt, do different machlekeses out to learn the machlekes beishami beisilel. Now says the Gemara Tanurabon. Ein oisim tisni vein koitshin b'machdashes tarti. Says the Brisa. You're not gonna make tisni on Yantif. Din number one in the Brisa. Din number two in the Brisa vein koitshin b'machdashes. You cannot crush on a mortar. Tisni is a type of grit with wheat kernels. Make split them into corners. Quarters. That's din number one. And din number two is you're not gonna crush with a mortar. Says the Gemara. Tarti. 
Both of them? That's a contradiction. I read it wrong. One more time. You can't do that. Tarti, both of them, it's a contradiction. What's a contradiction? The first part of the Bible said, Sounds like a specific issue with this dish called Tisni. But then he told me you can't grind it all. So that's a contradiction. Which way is it? Answers the Gemara. This is what it means. The reason you're not allowed to make Tisni is because you can't grind it all. Says the Gemara. So that's repetitive now. You just say, You should have said it very simply. Answers the Gemara. If it would have said that, Havamina would have thought on immediately. You'd have thought that's a big one. To use a small mortar, dummy. I would think it's no problem. Kamash Malan says the Raisa that you're not allowed to crush Tisni. You're not allowed to use a Machteshes. Because the way to make Tisni is a small grinder, and that's the way that it hones in and teaches us that you can't grind at all, neither large nor small grinder. Ask the Gemara of Atania three lines of the bottom, but we learned in a Raisa. We learn like the Havamina. We learned they all need to grind with the large, we let it grind with the salt. So, a small, excuse me. Amar Abaye, Kitanya Nami, Masita Makhtashas Gedayla, Tanya. Says Abaye, you're right. The first price was only discussing a large Makhtashas is a problem. But when it comes to Tisni, that you cannot make at all. When it comes to adrenal grinding, you can't do in the large one. Tisni, you can't even do in the small one. Terrence number one of Abaye. As we turn over to Yudal Mabez, Rabbah a second Terrence, like Asha, there's no question. Halan There's a fundamental difference, says Rava, between those in Eretz Yisrael and those in Bavel. Those in those in Bavel do not have servants, explains Rashi, two lines from the top. And therefore, there's no concern that they're going to be mezelzel in the But those in Eretz Yisrael, they had servants, and therefore were afraid that they're going to be mezelzel in the halacha. And that's the reason why you're not even allowed to crush in the small grinder, because the fear that the servants are going to take it too far. He went to visit Marshmuel, he brought in front of him Daisa, he didn't eat it. Says the Gemara, why didn't you eat it? Why didn't you eat it? You didn't eat it because you think they grounded him correctly. Maybe they did in a small grinder. Answers the Gemara. He saw it was very fine, which he knew was meant he was in a large grinder. But don't How do you know? Maybe he made it before Yontif. He saw that it was white. Clearly it was fresh. He knew that the servants weren't such good guys. Therefore that's why he was concerned. And he didn't eat these ground up grits on Yontif because he, fe- he feared that they were ground Ground up on Yantif itself. That is the Malacha of Taichin on Yantif. And now we continue with the Malacha of Bayer on Yantif. Ha Bayer Kitneas be Yantif says the Mishan Yadalum base. So when that separates, Ketinius, literally legumes on Yantif, you could separate the food. And eat it. Do whatever you want in your lap the normal way. With the middle level specialized utensils. But now with the real buyer utensils. You can soak it and then get rid of the chaff. Now, to point out, I said the real buyer utensils. It's really more accurate the large buyer utensils. And that's really, as we pointed out, I think yesterday, that is that when you have a buyer utensil, for 
For example, you have a French press coffee maker, which perhaps, which according to most Paiskim and Shabbos, is an initial of Bayer, aside from the problem of Bishel. But on Yantif, it's allowed, because that's a small quantity that's made for your cup of coffee, your two, three cups of coffee. You don't make that for a large time, for a large quantity. But if you have a Bayer utensil that's made, perhaps a lettuce spinner, according to some, that's made to do a lot of quantity, then maybe that's the type of Bayer utensil that is forbidden on Yantif. Says the Gemara Tani, we learned in a rice of when is the Mishnah referring the Machleik is the Mishnah when did Basil say that you take out the bad from the good is only when there's more good than bad therefore that's what you do during the week meaning if I have more good than bad I have a few pieces of crumbs in my uh, soup I have rocks in my meat a few little rocks of course I take out the bad during the week and I eat the good that's when Basil said on Yantif you're allowed to do the same thing because on Yantif you're supposed to be memayit less in the tircha whichever way is the easier way to do it that's what you do on Yantif which consequently will be the normal way of doing it during the week if I have a little piece of fat what do I do during the week I shave off that piece of fat on Yantif I'm allowed to do the same I don't have to cut away the meat like I would do on Shabbos. But if I have a lot of psalis and a little bit of eichel, everyone agrees that even the normal way during the week, the less bothersome way is taking away the food, and that's what you have to do on Shari. One second. If there's more psalis than eichel, does anyone say he's allowed? You can't do anything. The food, asks the Gemara, should become muksa, as Rashi points out. It should be forbidden because it should be bottled the food and the whole thing should be moksa. Answers the Gemara Laitzmicha. I don't necessarily mean in quantity. I don't mean that the whole thing is garbage with a little few pieces of meat. True, maybe that would be a problem. I mean in bother, that's what we're referring to. And that would be the halacha, that again, the basic halacha is that you do whatever is easier, which is what you would do during the week, to minimize the exertion you're doing on Yantif. Says the Gemara Rav Gamliel Oimer, Af Midiach Veshayel and Mishnah. He said he could rinse and skim away all the husks. Tanya learned in a Brisa Amar Rav Lazar Rav Sadik Achay Menagush Al Beis Rav Gamliel Sheimevi and Deli Mali Adosh and they would bring a bucket filled with lentils. Umatzivin Leimayim. They would put water on the lentils. They would float the lentils. Menem Zayichel Amat. The lentils would float to the bottom. Upsaylas and the garbage Lamaila and that would float to the top. And that's how they would skim off the bad stuff. And that's what you allowed. Iva Tani Ibcha. But we learned the opposite. We learned that they would fill up the bucket with water and the food would come to the top and the bad would go to the bottom. Like Two different types of garbage. If we're talking about uh, earth, excuse me, then it goes to the bottom. If so much straw, then the straw flows to the top. But again, that is the hetero of Rav Gamliel. They're even going to be allowed to soak it in a bucket of water and separate it via the water and skim away the bad stuff. Says the Mishnah on Yedalim the second Mishnah of the Amid, Says Bishamai, you're not allowed to give a present to your friend. Elamana is only ready portions of food. Wines, oils, and flowers, vikinias, and legumes of light tvua, but not grains. Rav Shimon, excuse me, allows you even to send grains to your friend on Yontif. Tani Rav Yechiel explains Rav Yechiel, says Rav Yechiel, you can't make a large party of gifting on Yantif, the reason being because that has the appearance that you're going to sell. It looks like you're going to market, Rashi explains, and therefore that's the reason why that is forbidden. Tana, we learned in Amishnah, that you're not allowed 
to uh, what is a large party? No less than three people. What do we have three people and three different presents? Meaning each one person has one present. So can they all exchange gifts? Is that called a gift party that looks like buying and selling? And on that says the Gemara, take you. We have to wait for Eliyahu and Avi for that answer. Rav Shimon Shimon allows you even to give grains to your friends. What are examples? Says the Gemara, wheat in order to make some sort of wheat dish. So Iron Barley eaten left Nebahamta to give to the animal. Adoshim, lentils, lasses men, recisin to make a type of different type of lentil dish. That is the Chidisha of Shimon. They even allowed to give that on Yantif. And let's see one more Mishnah, the third Mishnah of the Amr. It says the Mishnah, you let us in garments and Yantif, non food items, whether they're sewn, whether they're not sewn. Which is a big Chidish. Why are you allowed to do that? We'll see in the Gemara. Even if they have Kalayim, you'll have to send it to your friend. Because they're for the Yantif. Whatever that means, we'll have to see if it's Kalayim. What does that mean? It's for the Yantif. You're not allowed to send a sandal with spikes. You're not allowed to send a shoe that's not sewn. You're not allowed to a white shoe. Because you need an Uman, a craftsman, to dye it black. Whatever you're going to get benefit on Yantif, you'll have to send. If you're not going to get benefit on Yantif, you're not allowed to send. We actually have a minute, so let's begin the Gemara. Says the Gemara, we said in the Mishnah, you could send whether sewn or unsewn garments. I understand, you can wear them. What is an unsewn garment can we use for covering? It's a blanket. Why let us send Kalayim to someone? What is Kalayim useful for? How does that fit into the rule that has a useful on Yantif? Says the Gemara, if you're going to tell me, you could use it for a cushion to sit on top of it. You can't do that. You cannot go on top of the client. But you're allowed to. I'm sorry. The climb should not be upon you. But you're allowed to put it underneath you. That's the Araisa. You're not allowed to put it underneath you. Can use it as your cushion. Why? Maybe one little thread of the climb will go onto your flesh and that will be considered on you. Can he benefit from the climb? So that is forbidden. Says the Gemara. One second. So what is the case that you're sending climb on your that you could get benefit from it. Perhaps you'll tell me, maybe you'll have the cushion, then you'll put something else, and then you'll sit on it. So there's no way that the climb could be on you because you have a separation. But we already know this one. From the Greek, the holy nation of Ten mattresses, one on top of the other, the princess and the pea. And the bottom one is climb. You're not let us sleep on them. So what is the case that you let us in on Yante? If you suggested maybe it's a it's a cushion, it can't be a cushion because maybe a thread will come on you. Maybe you'll put a separation between the cushion and you. That's still not allowed. The princess and the pea. Ten mattresses. You have the pea on the bottom. You have the climb on the bottom. You're not let us in any of those mattresses. Ella answers the Gemara. What's the case? The case is a curtain. A curtain of Kalayim. That is allowed because it's not considered something that you're wearing. 
asks the Gemara of Amr Ulam Neimau Amru Vilain Tamei. Why are curtains potentially Tamei Makabel Tamei Shashemesh Mischanin Kenegdai? Because the attendants warn themselves with it. Sometimes the attendants would wrap themselves with those Vilain with those curtains. It reminds us of those uh, towels in the mirror that you see sometimes people wrapping themselves with. Says the Gemara. So we see that even a curtain, there are times that people wrap themselves with. So that can be a case either. Moving low to tomorrow's daf of says Vavam and Aleph. Ella, what's the case of Klayim, the Yolatis, and the Yantif? Big Kashin, stiff material, and therefore there's no concern. It does not give you any warmth. There's no concern that it's going to come on top of your body, and therefore you're allowed to sit on a stiff material of Klayim. And the Gemara proves this. This is a stiff garment in Arish Sharia of the, of the place called Narish is allowed to be used, even though it's Klayim Amrapaba. Ardlin Ardlin under shoes and no issue of Klayim again because they're hard. Amarava Dipshiti coin bags which also are made of woolen Klayim again because you don't wear them. But if it's of the Debarzini, if it holds seeds, then it has an issue of Kalayim, the reason being because they used to put them on their lap, explains Rashi and at some level gave them warmth. It's not a normal way to warm yourself. Those are the wonderful halachas of Kalayim. We learn a massive chiddish today. Maybe it's a chiddish that Kalayim, you're not allowed to wear, you're not allowed to warm yourself with. You can't even sit on because it might come upon you. You can't use it as a curtain because you might wrap yourself up with it. But if it's a hard, stiff material, then you're allowed to sit on it. You're allowed to have your wallet made out of Kalayim. Some of them held that the seeds made of Kalayim you can't because you put it on your lap. But even on that, Ravashi disagreed. We'll pick up for the two dots and finish the parak in Mirza Shem tomorrow.